It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. Gosh, special show today across from me. Normally, it's Kevin Corhorn. But today, it's CFP and one of my fellow business partners, Josh Gregory. Between us, a couple special guests. That's right. Well, listen, the uh, the transition onto Medicare is the biggest health insurance transition you'll face in your lifetime, which makes it the biggest decision you're going to make with your health insurance during your lifetime. And all of that, part of the biggest decision of your financial life, which is retirement. And uh, so all of that makes this a high stakes decision. And uh, we couldn't be happier to have two experts with us to help unpack that on today's show here with the Wise Money Show. All right. So the the whole show is going to be about sort of uh, surprises with Medicare. So it's all based on questions. But if you have questions for the show or you have needs as you're planning for retirement or about to transition into Medicare, or maybe you're already on and you need some help, reach out to us. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. You can get a hold of us there as well as get a lot of other content about the program Um, or all over social media. Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Just search The Wise Money Show. Uh, Craig Weicker. Ben Bullgreen, thanks for being here, guys. Uh, Craig's been be on the on the show before. Ben, this is uh, he, he's a newbie to the program, but we're glad to have him. Both health insurance experts, and we're going to be talking through the big Medicare surprises. So I'm going to make this quick here, but Josh, the way you laid it out, you remember um, Crucial Conversations? Remember mm-hmm. that book? Yeah. So so a crucial conversation is one that's high stakes, emotions run strong, and if you get it wrong, like there's serious consequences. Medicare is that. It's a crucial financial decision, right? There's a lot at stake here. You get this wrong, it's penalties. Yep. It's it's the biggest health insurance change you're going to make in your life. And, oh, well, at least it's simple. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's wildly it's wildly difficult. And so emotions run strong, all that sort of stuff. You got to get this decision right and have it be smooth. So, guys, we're going to lay out several of the Medicare surprises that people experience when they go through. Let's start with the first one, and that is when you're enrolling in Medicare, when is the actual start date? What what date does Medicare coverage actually start? Okay. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, Medicare will always start on the first of the month. So if your birthday is on the 31st, coverage is going to start the first of the month. So you're going to get – so the, the next – the, like the very next day or the first of that month? The first of the month that you would be eligible for coverage. Got it. Okay. So if your birthday is the 15th, then uh, so April 15th, you have coverage starting April 1st. If Yes, that is okay. correct. All right. All right. And if your birthday is on a leap day, uh, you know, once every four years, that's a... That's the first of the month. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. Okay, so what if your what if your birth date is? What'd you say, Craig? Is three percent of the population? Right. So three percent mathematically would be uh, born on the first day of a month. That is a unique situation. Yeah. And so that's it. We could call that a surprise. Yeah. Because your start date, if your birth date was no fooling, April first, it would begin on March first. Interesting. Which totally makes earlier. no sense, but that's what it is. <laughs> That? Only the government would come up with that that <laughs> system, right? Oh, and there's plenty more to come. Yeah, <laughs> but of course, it, you know, a lot of people don't even realize, and they they take for granted even the age. At what age? Which birthday is it? And it's age 65 is the soonest that anyone, uh, for retirement purposes, can 
transition on to Medicare, right? Yes, sir. Yes. But but that's not always true if you are still working at age 65, right? So if you uh, keep working beyond, you stay on a, a group health insurance plan, then does, does birthday still come into play there, or uh, does it have more to do with the day that you retire and you're given a, a window of opportunity there? Yes, um, it would be a, either the, the timing of when you retire or when you decide that you no longer want to have group coverage through yeah. your employer so you're and choosing you want to, come to choose off of it. it yes so mm-hmm. that has to do with that eligibility that you were talking about so right. it's you can age in you mm-hmm. reach age 65 or you can transition off of your group plan after age 65 but it always begins you said it always begins ben on the first of a month that's, that is that's the key yep and the first of the current month not the first of the next month and so if you're um if you're past 65, you've been working and or you're on some sort of group plan, your spouse's group plan, something like that, and then you apply for Medicare, you sit down with one of you guys or any of the other experts on our team and, and you apply for Medicare, the coverage will begin the first of that month in which you applied. Is that right? No, sir. Okay. How does that work? apply the first of the following month. The first of the following month. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yes. Interesting. Okay. You know, you might say, well, why why focus on these details? But I tell you, when people are transitioning into retirement or they're making such a major shift from uh, a group plan that they knew and understood, maybe they even loved it, into this unknown world of Medicare, and the days matter, you know? Like, mm-hmm. get, getting those details right during a transition like this is is really important. And what you don't want to do is accidentally put yourself in a position where you've got a gap of, of coverage of any kind. Right? Well, that's where I was going to go is, you know, some some group policies terminate when you terminate. Some of them go to the end of the month. But if you're saying Medicare coverage starts the first of the next month, if you've if you've surpassed age 65, there could be a gap there. Is that yeah, right? There is potential for that. Yes. Yeah. And that'd be an important time to talk with your employer to make sure that you are covered for what you need to be covered if there is room for hey, I need to be on this for another month. Is that possible? Right. So talk with your employer to make sure your specific situation can Mm -hmm. be covered. Or at least to the end of the month. That makes me think, you know, and and work with your CFE, work with your employer, talk to your professionals about this. But um, if you are past 65 and you know that your coverage ends as soon as you terminate, don't plan, you know, uh, January 2nd to be your retirement date. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Plan, plan it to be January yeah. 31st or, that wouldn't, that or would, whatever. Right? Yeah, that would not be planning. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, uh, another surprise, guys. Second surprise when signing up for Medicare is how much the different parts and the different plans cost. Okay, so 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 break this down. I know it can get a little uh, technical here. So go ahead, break it down. Okay, so if I may, the, you know what we all know in life or most of us know in life uh, with health insurance through our employer is a, you know, it's one number. What, what does it cost me out of my paycheck? It's a Mm -hmm. simple number that we have in our head. And, and, you know, we may have to multiply that times four paychecks to get a month's worth or a two paychecks or something like that to visualize a cost where with Medicare, of course, it's going to be more complicated. There's going to be, um, up to three different expenses that, for the insurance that you have to kind of add up to compare with those other options in your life, right? Um, But there's part A, part B, part C, part D, potentially. Mm -hmm. You needn't uh, be enrolled in all of those, but uh, 
but part A is is hospitalization, and we've been paying for that. If you if you've worked for ten years in your life, then they call that part A will be premium free. Yeah, <laughs> you can't say it's not the same as free. Yeah, it's not, premium uh, yeah. free. Yeah, um, because we've all paid that through our payroll taxes um, in our working life. Part B we get to pay moving forward. Mm-hmm. So once you enroll in Part B, um, and currently the, the 2022 Part B number at a minimum is going to cost $170.10. And that could go up based upon other uh, factors. We'll get to that later, I guess. Yeah. But the, um, and then Part C is called a Medicare Advantage plan. That's a different situation. And then Part D, which is the only letter that makes any sense, right? It's for drugs. (laughs) That would be, in our world, would be based upon your needs. So there, you know, what's the range? Yeah, I actually know that range. If you were in St. Joe County this year, there's 23 choices, and they go from six bucks to 92 bucks. All right. Okay, so we're going to talk more about the different costs and plans, as well as a lot more surprises relating to Medicare. That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the big surprises when you're signing up for Medicare? When you're making this huge, the biggest health insurance decision and transition of your life. In the midst of your biggest transition in your financial life ever, retiring, how do you avoid surprises so it's a smooth process? We're helping with that. Right now, this is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory, special guest Craig Weicker, and Ben Bullgreen, health insurance experts. If you've missed anything already or to catch up on any, any other Wise Money content, find the YouTube channel on YouTube. Search the Wise Money Show and then subscribe to it there. Turn on notifications. We've got a lot of other content. If there's a financial topic that you've had a question on odds are we've got content about it so go to youtube search the y20 show subscribe to it there okay guys we're hitting the big surprises when it comes to transitioning on to medicare and we're just in the middle of one of the surprises is well how much all all this stuff cost like the parts the plans blah 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 okay so we hit the different parts part a is hopefully no additional cost we'll say it that way part b the base cost is 170 bucks and 10 cents, and that could change. We've got another surprise that we're gonna hit coming up on that. Part C, we're gonna stay away from that right now. That's kind of, don't, don't need to uh, hit that at the moment. Part D is the drug plans, and what'd you say? That can range from- Yeah, like six to $92 in, in our county. I'll take six, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so the supplements, that's a, that's a different plan. That's not a part, so when you're, transitioning on to Medicare, you're going to make the really, really, really big decision to go with what I would call traditional Medicare, which is part A, B, D, and a supplement, or you're going to go with part C, an advantage plan, where you're going to pay for part B and make some other adjustments working with uh, the health insurance consultants like Craig and Ben. Um, if you go traditional Medicare, A, B, D, and a supplement, typical range of a cost of a supplement. So... 100 to $125 for a Plan G, which is happens to be the most popular of the supplements. Okay, yes. got it. 
And then what about? But that's based on where you live too, right? Oh yes. A plan, a plan G is a plan G, regardless of what county you live in. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the same coverage. They're going to pay for all the same stuff, but it can cost more based on your region or whatever. Because these insurance companies, they basically carve out certain regions, and it's based on how how much are we having to pay out in premium or in claims and things like that. That's what drives their costs. It's what drives what they charge you. There's nothing simple about this. If you move from one area to another, you might find that that same plan G is not the best option for you anymore. Right? That's correct. It's it's probably uh, safe to say you could compare that to life insurance. The same 53-year-old female in Arizona may be a different rate than the 53-year-old female in Okay, Kentucky. So, so, so if you move to the Bronx, it's going to be different. Will it be more expensive because cost of living is higher in New York? Or is um, I can tell you that as I've looked for clients, we have clients, of course, that that like to retire to Florida. So you yeah. just kind of well, let's look at what that would be like. And wow, the same Plan G might cost a whole lot more in Florida. Very interesting. There's okay. more people down there drawing on the plans, and and mm-hmm. they're having to pay out more. So that, that's interesting. But the point, though, I guess, is you can't just make a decision and assume that it's made forever, right? right like this right. is something to revisit periodically. Oh, that's a very good point to stress. Change. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I said we were going to dodge it, but I'm not going to. So, <laughs> it, so if you don't do traditional Medicare, A, B, D, and a supplement, and you go with Part C, okay, sure. you're paying your Part B premium, but then what's the Part C premium? Is there? So Part C, just like with drug plans, you have options. Yeah. Uh, currently in our market, we have 33 different Advantage plans to choose from. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's about 33 prices to go with it, too. <laughs> and it's it could be from a $0 premium up to $98 in, in our market. And if you say, uh, wow, that sounds cheap, that sounds really good, uh, government subsidizing that. And that, those are subject to change and all that sort of stuff. That's so. correct. Change. Yeah. yeah as yeah. Josh said, and changes. It's a different experience for you as the insured individual as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it'd be more similar to comparing that traditional layered effect that Mike was referring to that covers basically everything if you mm-hmm. do it right, you know, uh, versus more of like a high deductible. You're keeping more of the risk on your own shoulders with a, a Medicare Advantage plan. So it's it's a decision. It's it's a financial choice that you get to make at retirement, but it's a high stakes one because depending on how your health uh, trajectory goes and everything, it, it could mean more money out of your pocket or uh, as events occur, or as you have procedures done, that sort of thing, versus maybe it costs more on a monthly basis to have a traditional approach, and yet uh, ultimately, you know, the out-of-pocket surprises or costs might be minimal or or almost non-existent. More, predi- more predictable, yeah, yeah more predictable. Right. Okay, so um, next surprise: How do you pay for these things? Specifically, let's go Part B and Part D. Ben, how does someone when they are enrolling in Medicare, they get on Part B, they get on Part D? How do they pay for it? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways to do that. If you are currently drawing or planning on drawing Social Security they'll automatically deduct that from your social security check. Mm -hmm. If you're not, that's where it gets a little bit trickier. Mm -hmm. Uh, You would actually, for part B, be billed on a quarterly basis. And it's not your quarter, it's the government's quarter. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So that's another thing to keep in mind. 
And for part D, it would be on a monthly basis. Yeah. So they don't even align the different uh, types of. Uh, yeah, of three months, there. one month. Part A, if you had a premium for that, is also on a monthly basis, not a three month basis. So. And the wow. part B, if you're paying quarterly because you're not on Social Security, mm-hmm. um, t- two kind of follow up questions here. You're, are you being billed that in advance, like for the upcoming three months, or are you billed it? after the three months i'm assuming the upcoming it would be upcoming yes okay Mm -hmm. and then what if during those upcoming three months you get on social security do they i mean do i mean they start withholding withholding it right away or do they wait until that three months that you've already paid is up and then they start withholding it from your social security i would say that be prepared for another medicare surprise yeah because (laughs) on one hand it should be that they would collect it you know in future date but depending on how they process your last payment it could get uh, lost in the shuffle no they'll, they'll square up with you eventually mm-hmm. they're pretty good at squaring up with you eventually <laughs> we just did a show about the irs and how long it takes them to get things straightened out and mm-hmm. guess what it's the same government doing <laughs> this, uh, right. sorting out right yeah, so that's right yeah so so you got to be aware of that I, I think from a planning standpoint especially cash flow standpoint as you're entering into retirement if you're drawing social security just know that your Medicare Part B and Part D is going to come automatically out of that and so when you're looking at well how much cash flow is going to be coming in those payments are going to be taken out of that first before they land in for that money lands in your bank account uh let's hit another surprise and that is when you need to transition from group coverage onto Medicare. This, there's lots of confusion on this. So when, yeah, when are you required to, when could penalties come in? And guys, don't get too deep in the details here, but, but uh, let's hit that one. Yeah, so it's important, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, to talk with your employer. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a, a big part of this. The piece where you need to transition is when there is not creditable coverage provided by your employer. Now, creditable coverage would be the minimum that Medicare would offer or better. Got it. And so if they are not offering what Medicare would offer, then at that point, you need to transition over to Medicare. Yeah. Yes, sir. And your employer will uh, and their HR department uh, will be able to uh, verify for you that the coverage you have is creditable. Yeah. And if it's not. You get a penalty. Yeah, if right. you don't sign up when you need to sign up, then there are penalties attached to that as well. So you can stay after age 65. You can stay on your group plan or your spouse's group plan as long as it's credible coverage mm-hmm. and they're, um, and, and you're allowed to stay on it, right? But as soon as it's not credible coverage or you drop that coverage, you've got a small window in which you need to enroll in Medicare. Otherwise, there could be penalties. And also, depending on supplements, otherwise, there could also be um, proof of eligibility. Like, you've got to um, show insurability, go through medical underwriting. So, all right, we've got more Medicare surprises to hit. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. You guys know this by now. It's still a surprise to lots of folks, though. Can your income influence how much you pay for Medicare Part B and Part D? The answer is yes, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to help you through this. this. That is the Wise Money Show. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Joshua Gregory and special guests Craig Weicker, Ben Bullgreen. We're hitting 
tax, or excuse me, Medicare surprises. Uh, we've got, oh my goodness, five, six, seven of them that we'll be hitting. If you have any questions for the show or want to catch up on any previous content, you find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. You can submit questions right there. You can get additional content on the program as well. So find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Craig, in the break, we were hitting some kind of bonus content there, some little sure. bit of cleanup work. So one is um, how is Medicare Part B? Well, go ahead. Medicare, Medicare Part B billed or how do you pay that? Go ahead. Yeah, well, we were talking about Medicare Part D. Yeah, Part you know, D. That, that's right. Yes. Part D is actually paid through a private insurance company, whoever is providing your Part D plan. Got it. Okay. As opposed to Part B, which is paid to, to Medicare. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then the other piece you were talking about was um, if you, depending on the size of the employer, yes, how sir. that can influence when you should sign up for part A or not. Go ahead and share a little bit more about yeah, that. So <clears throat> basically, if your employer has greater than 20 employees, <clears throat> then you don't have your insurance company would be your primary payer. Yeah. If your employer has fewer than 20, then Medicare would be your primary payer and the private insurance company, your group health plan, would be the secondary payer. So you need to sign up for Medicare, at least Part A, in that situation. Because if you, you work didn't, for a small then ultimately employer. you're on the hook as the primary payer yourself, right? Because somebody's, so yes. have a mm -hmm. gap in your coverage, that could be a major, major financial mistake. Mm -hmm. Just missing that little detail. Correct. Okay. They don't make it easy. I, well, I was just thinking about all of this. This is so complicated already that this is why you need to be working with health insurance experts. And ideally, and we're going to hit this very next one, working with one that is connected to your certified financial planner. Because it, it, there are, they are connected. You need to be planning for this. But then you need an expert that can help you navigate all of these surprises and make sure it's a smooth transition. Yeah, we keep so. on talking about this as a health insurance or a protection planning mm -hmm. type decision, and it is, but the fact that it comes at or near or in retirement makes it also a, a broader financial planning issue. And, you know, our, our plan, our, our hope is that when we're doing comprehensive financial planning with our clients, they already know long in advance what this stuff is likely to cost them. And they've actually mm -hmm. built it into their retirement projections when they're stress testing <clears throat> whether or not they have enough money to last them in retirement. Part of that is a function of, well, how much are you going to be spending on health care? Right? How are you going to structure this? And so you've got to have that budgeted in so that you know whether it's even <clears throat> a, a good idea to be retiring uh, ultimately. So. I, I think I agree with you completely. That's just one example. I know we're about to get into another one where your certified financial planner and your insurance expert need to be collaborating on this maybe years before uh, ultimately you're transitioning into retirement. Yeah, that's right. All right. So the fifth big surprise, and it's not it's not a surprise to you regular fans and listeners of the Wise Money Show, but that your income, yes, on your tax return will influence how much you pay for Medicare Part B. And I even confessed, I typically focus on Part B, but it's also Part D will influence that as well. Uh, here's the thing, but it's not just your income this year or next year or whatever. It's your income from two years ago. It's the prior, prior <laughs> year. So we're going to talk about some planning implications and all of that. But guys, break, break this down for us. Craig, Ben, what does this mean? Explain it a little bit. 
Yeah, so just like you said, it's not based on this year. It's not based on last year. It's based on two years ago. So for right now, 2022, we'd be looking at your yearly income for 2020. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be that's going to affect what kind of premium that you're going to pay for parts B and D. Yeah. The most people will qualify for the standard premium. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mentioned that earlier in the show, $170.10. Now, for an individual that's filing their tax return and someone who is filing, but they're married and they're filing separately, that number is $91,000 or less for 2022. Got it. And if you're file and jointly tax with a a spouse, Mm -hmm. then it'd be $182,000 or less. So as long as your income, let's say married, filing jointly, as long as your income is less than $182,000, you're going to pay that base rate. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm in retirement. Yeah, I think I could live on less than hundred grand. <laughs> that sounds great. Here's the issue. All right, well, now I'm going to buy a car. Well, vehicles are more expensive. And so you need to take, you know, you need your get your hands on 60 grand. In order to get your hands on 60 grand out of your IRA, you need to pull out, I don't know what, 85 grand, something like that, depending on your situation. So you pull out 85 grand because you don't want to take a loan on that vehicle. And now that $85,000 shows up as income on top of your social security, your other sources of income. And that those, those are the scenarios where all of a sudden your income goes above those levels. That's right. And if it goes a dollar above those mm-hmm. levels, right? You, you said 182,000 for a, a couple. Yep. Well, that takes them from 170 bucks a month to $238 a month. Yeah, not a small what is increase. That? $68 increase per month per spouse per person. because you had a dollar too much of income. And it's not these thresholds aren't then, you know, every $182,000 of income right, right. it goes up again. No, the next threshold is from 182,000 to just 228. Yeah. So you get a small one. So, so here's something else. You have some Apple stock that you felt jittery about be, when the market was a little chaotic at the beginning of the year and you decide to sell it and all of a sudden you've got $200,000 of capital gain. Or you've got that rental property that you said, oh my goodness, the real estate market is so hot right now, I gotta sell this thing. And now you've got a bunch of capital gain. You not only can quickly blow through that first threshold of 182,000, you can find yourself up at the higher threshold, 340 to 750,000, you're gonna be paying 544 bucks a month times two, cause that's per person, right? right. And you don't get better treatment. By the way, when you show up at the doctor's <laughs> office, they don't look and say, wait a second, how much are you paying? Oh, for that, mm. you get an ice cream cone when you're done. Right. No, you get the same. it's the same coverage. Three times the price, but not three times the service, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's exactly right. And it, it, there's so many different ways that you can accidentally trigger higher income and maybe you're even doing something proactive in your life that we would all say is generally a good idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe you hear those knuckleheads on the Wise Money Show talk about <laughs> Roth conversions and you're like, oh, I need to do this. And you do it and you take yourself too close to the edge of that 182. Or maybe you didn't even know that cliff was there and you just blow right on by it. Here you are thinking that you're doing something great for your financial life and it's going to cost you dearly because not only are you paying taxes on that transaction, because a Roth conversion <laughs> creates tax, but now you have this added, effectively another tax in mm-hmm. the form of higher premiums for your, your Medicare. So don't make this mistake. It's, it's one of the reasons why um, we, you know, we stress so much that many of the transactions you do in retirement have gotta be uh, preceded by a tax projection. 
-hmm. you know, test the plan before you take the action because one of the consequences could be related to your health insurance as we're talking today. It's even tougher because it's not immediate. We've mentioned that a couple of times. It's based on two years ago. So the decisions you make now are really going to affect you in two years. There is... There is, there's not an out, but there's an, an, there, there's an appeal that you can make. There's an exception. Now, I've looked at that form, and it's not very clear. What is it? Uh, SS44 form? I, I can't remember. Yes. Um, it's not very clear, and I'll tell you the application of, okay, yep, we're going to grant you an exception. That's also not very clear as well. No. I've seen the same scenario. Someone gets approved. Yep, okay, you, can, you don't have to pay this income-related monthly adjustment amount, Irma. And for this exact same situation, the next person fills it out, and nope, they, do, they are subject to it. So it's not, it's not straightforward. All right, we've got more surprises that we're going to help you get through. We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's becoming more and more popular is transitioning from a high-deductible health plan, an HSA qualified high-deductible health plan, onto Medicare. There's some confusion, some surprises there. We're going to hit that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory, special guests, Craig Weicker, and Ben Bullgreen. If you've missed anything on today's program, it's complicated, okay? So the big overarching idea is work with health insurance experts who are collaborating with your certified financial planner. They can help you navigate all of this. But if you've missed anything on today's program or previous episodes, you can find us on podcasts wherever you listen. Just search The Wise Money Show and... When you do when you do that, do me a favor. Number one, subscribe or follow us there. But number two, rate the program. It helps us, uh, gives us feedback, and also helps other folks who are looking for content on wise financial principles find us and find the Wise Money Show. We appreciate that. Uh, all right, so we we're talking about Irma. So as you're not the person, I have no, I actually don't know any friends. I have no friends named Irma, but it could be. <laughs> I, I don't know. But we're talking about income-related monthly adjustment amount. Your income gets a little bit too high, either on purpose because you were planning for it, or not on purpose because you had no idea and weren't doing any planning, okay? Um, but we were just focusing on how that increases your Part B premium. Part D is a little bit different because based on the Part D plan that you choose – you know, your, your cost could be different, but Ben, how does it, if you get Irma, if your income gets too high, how does that impact your part D premium? Yeah. So the similar thing is that we talked about in the previous segment about the, the bracket is a little bit confusing. It's not a standard every hundred thousand dollars. It's going to go up at a certain amount. The bracket's the same for part B and part D. The difference is for part D, if you're in the standard, the one that most people would qualify for, you just pay the plan premium. Got it. For every one that you go up, you pay an additional amount on top of whatever that premium is for your specific plan. Mm-hmm. So for the first step up, it's $12.40 per month per person. Which is almost, uh-huh. I mean, in some instances, that can almost double the payment or increase mm-hmm. it by 50% or something like that, depending on how much your Part D cost was. Right. If your yeah. Part D cost was 25 bucks and all of a sudden it now costs you an extra $12.50, 50% increase. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And, yeah. and the... It would increase the cost, not necessarily the payment or, or whatever you want to. The the uniqueness of the Part D is I told you that the, you pay the plan provider, the insurance company, for the plan. Yeah. But the IRMA gets collected by Medicare. You get to pay Medicare for that. <laughs> wow. So that, that's different. I didn't even it's think a, about it's that. It's two bills. You get a yeah. double, you know. 
Uh, it'll show up on your Part B bill, but um, oh, yes, it does not go to the provider. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so we're hitting we're hitting Medicare surprises. Another surprise is when you're shifting from a qualifying high deductible health plan, so an HSA plan, mm-hmm. on to Medicare. Guys, what are some of the surprises there that you need to be aware of? Okay, so the and I just had this scenario last week where the the surprise is. If you decide you're going to work beyond age 65 and uh, sign up for Medicare later, when you apply for Medicare, Part A gets backdated six months. Yeah. Hmm. So how does that affect an HSA plan? Well, in an in, in a, or a high deductible health plan that's HSA eligible, you. You can't contribute to a health savings account if you have a uh, primary payer, if you will, like Medicare. Okay, so once your Part A starts, you can't contribute to a health savings account. That six-month kickback surprises many people. It surprised sure. this client uh, last week. In fact, surprised them to the because the their date was june but they applied in february so it got backdated to august oh my goodness oh, the prior year. <laughs> which means that it affected their tax return. their tax return for 21 and it will affect their 22 because Holy they can't they couldn't have a f- contributed any in 2022 and so oh it's just it now is that uh lock me in jail kind of problem no but um it showed how a a health insurance presenting problem can become a tax yeah problem absolutely. right and all of a and sudden you're you're having to amend a tax return you're having to two of pull them. money back out of that hsa and correct the issue yeah you're not eligible to uh you know to contribute in this current year as well so wow so that that six month look back is really really key and uh, clearly, I mean that that would catch all kinds of people by surprise. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. deal, big mm-hmm. deal. Um, there's some other unique situations if your if your spouse is the employee, they're the primary uh, person covered by the group plan, and and you have Medicare Part A. Technically, your spouse is still eligible to contribute to the HSA via a family plan. It's unbelievable. Yeah, (laughs) I've seen that from attorney. It's unbelievable. So just be careful. I think the primary surprise, Craig Craig hit it, and that is if you're still on a qualifying high-deductible health plan past age 65, you've got to know there's going to be this six-month kickback where they're going to start your Medicare six months earlier, Medicare Part A, from the time you apply. So uh, be aware of that. Work with your CFP on that. Work with a, a health insurance expert on that. Next surprise, and this is, again, you're transitioning from health insurance that you've you know been familiar with. It's worked a similar way since you got your first job into Medicare, which works a little bit different. Mm-hmm. All that time, if you've been married, you've had a family plan, and now you transition to Medicare. Is Medicare a family plan, or can one, if you're married, can one person choose one option and the other person choose a different option? Yeah, so it works exactly that way. You, you can have one person on a, what we talked about, original Medicare with a supplement, 
and then the other spouse on a Medicare Advantage plan, mm-hmm. depending on what works best for this their situation. I was observing a meeting with Craig a couple weeks ago, and when he went through that with the the clients, uh, they were very surprised. <laughs> it was like in in action, one of these surprises that we're seeing. Uh, they had they had no idea that they didn't both have to be on either a Medicare Advantage or a Medicare original Medicare with a supplement. I had a client once who came to us shortly after retirement, and they came having already decided that they were going to have Medicare Advantage. They, especially the husband, he he um, had an HSA plan all throughout his his working career. He was just used to higher deductible and paying for things out of pocket and and stuff. So they made that choice. But she had come from the school system, mm. and she, you know, they were on separate insurance. She was used to having kind of a Cadillac plan where her group coverage it, it paid for everything. It felt like, and it was maybe a year into retirement, and she was like, "I do not like this Medicare Advantage. I don't like having to pay all these bills. I want to switch." And she made the decision. Uh, she actually worked with one of our insurance experts to figure out eligibility to make a, the switch during an, an open enrollment period and she made the the choice ultimately because she just didn't like it you know it didn't align with what her experience was and and how she saw the world of insurance and so they ended up they started together ended mm-hmm. up on two separate types of plans and it was just in alignment with their own personal philosophy i guess you could say now what's interesting is you typically can't just switch from medicare advantage over to traditional medicare you can switch from Medicare over to Advantage really at any time. But oh, they'll take you anytime. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you start with Advantage, in order to switch to traditional Medicare, get a supplement plan, you're going to have to prove insurability. You're going to have to go through medical underwriting, most likely, unless your, uh, your, your Medicare Part C plan gets canceled. If right. it gets canceled, which you can't really bank on that, especially, mm-hmm. Josh, in the scenario you're, you're referring to. Mm-hmm. So in order to go back... To traditional, you'd have to prove your your health, and the cost could very much be dependent upon that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Or they could just outright turn you down. Yeah, they mm-hmm. could. Yeah. Right. Thanks for playing. I often tell people this is a permanent choice. When you're making this first choice, number one, it's going to be very different than any health insurance choice you've made in the past. It's the biggest decision, and you just got to view it as permanent. It's mm-hmm. not really, but mm-hmm. you kind of need to view it as permanent. So, all right. Um, so next surprise, and this is the this is the biggie. This one we'll probably end on here, and that is how and when should you apply for Medicare? How and when should you apply for Medicare? And, and Craig, we were talking about this at the break. An ideal situation, and this is often the approach that we take at KFG. Um, your certified financial planner is teaching you about this as you're getting ready to retire. So as you are doing retirement planning with your CFP, meeting a couple times a year, typically for us, it's, it happens in the fall meeting where we're going to focus on retirement. So you're a couple years out and likely your CFP is going to teach you this broad decision, the traditional Medicare versus, or versus Medicare Advantage. But then as you get closer and closer to retirement, ideally, we want to sit down with uh, we want you to sit down with a health insurance expert about six months prior to do, Craig, what you were talking about. Yeah. Educate on, mm-hmm. okay, th- these are your options. This is how it works. But then start getting some information to see what is best. So talk us through that process. Six months, is that when you enroll or do you enroll three months or one month? How and when should you apply for Medicare? Okay. So yes, like you said, in an ideal world, we'd love to see you six months or more ahead of that 65th birthday or that life-changing event of, of retirement. Um, 
But if if that doesn't happen um, and you you just say, well, when am I eligible and how soon could I sign up? The answer would be three months before the month that you turn 65. That's when you can begin applying for Medicare. And you do that at ssa.gov slash benefits. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. There's a button at the bottom that says uh, apply for Medicare only, and it just starts you through that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not so you guys and our health insurance experts are involved to help give guidance as to, OK, yes, time to enroll and you're going to enroll in this, but then help get the supplement in place and Part D in place. Right. As far as applying for Medicare, that's not something we do. You'll kind of right. tell the client, hey, here's how you do it. And I'm available if you have questions. But it's not something that the insurance agent, the health insurance expert does for the client. Right. That's correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. I've walked a few clients through it just for my own opportunity to see it because I haven't personally been able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and they don't even give us like a, a dummy site to that I could, you know, well, yeah, here's the 12 someone. screens right. and fill in this and this, you know. So um, whenever a client asks me to do it, I'll sit alongside of them and, and watch them do it. Yeah. You know? I think the point, though, is getting that connection and that relationship in place with a Medicare expert. But also, again, this is part of your transition into retirement, a significant life event, as you were saying, Craig. And this is the time where you're starting to get the details right. You're fine-tuning the plan, and you're picking dates on a calendar on when you're going to actually retire, when is that Medicare and supplement and everything going to kick in, that sort of thing. Your your financial advisor, your um, Medicare insurance uh, expert, they're going to know that you're retiring before your employer does. That's right? right. That's right. Start the process early. Work with your certified financial planner. They're going to help with the education. Then they're going to teamwork. They're going to collaborate with your health insurance expert to make sure it's a smooth process. Craig, Ben, thanks for being on the program. On behalf of them, Josh Gregory, myself, all of us at KFG, that's all the time we have. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. If you have more than 20 employees, like here, okay, when Kevin gets to be 65 next month, he... (laughs) he, uh, last month. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.